Welcome to the podcast of Saltbox Church, where we are passionate about helping people engage in the love of a fiercely relational God. Thank you, Noah. Great job as usual. <clears throat> My name is Steve Mattis, for those of you who may not uh, know me, and um, I am actually an overseer here. I was thinking about that this morning. What is an overseer? One who sees over, one who looks over, one who overlooks much of what happens, I think. <laughs> Just teasing. Uh, but Michael asked me if I would share this morning on, I think it was Tuesday, uh, because he lost his voice completely. He couldn't even vocalize. <laughs> so I thought, well, so I'm pinch hitting or he lateraled the ball to me if you're a football fan. But either way, here we are. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing a bit as we have been moving through the book of Acts. And uh, Pastor Michael has shared in Acts chapter 1 um, a couple of Sunday mornings. And then I think it was last Sunday may have begun with Acts chapter 2. And that's where I'm going to pick up, and I'm actually going to um, sort of go back over a couple of things to set the stage for what I want to share this morning, and that is about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, so just by way of reminder, uh, let me draw your attention to Acts chapter 1, verse 4, that said, uh, wait, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, so we had Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and now verse 8, uh, it says that you shall receive power um, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, or the uttermost parts of the earth. So, uh, wait in Jerusalem for the promise, and you shall receive um, the power of the Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, or if you're scrolling on your phone, uh, turn to Acts chapter 2, and let me read what Pastor Michael read to us last week. Um, in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this morning I want to introduce to you the concept of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For we just read about the gift of the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit was actually given to us on the day of Pentecost, and that was probably the best place where we could see the beginning of the church as we 
come to know it in the New Testament. For before this time, the Holy Spirit would come among them. He would rest upon individuals. But now something new, a new order was breaking forth, and this was uh, not uh, the gifts of the Spirit, but the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to everyone who was present at that time. And so it is from that day forward, all of those who call upon the name of the Lord, all of those who receive Christ, uh, open their lives to Him, actually receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and He now lives in the midst of us, in the likes of us. Can you imagine that, Tim? He who is holy lives in you. He who is holy lives in me, and that's really what makes us holy. It's not anything we have done. It's not our works or whatever. It's His presence uh, in us. So, um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, the gift of the Spirit was given, and today I want to consider not the gift of the Spirit, but the gifts, plural, that he then brings by virtue of his presence coming. Uh, so it's appropriate to consider at this juncture the gifts of the Spirit in that we previously looked at this outpouring where the Spirit was given uh, to individuals. The Holy Spirit was imparted personally to us, uh, to all who were assembled in that upper room, and the Holy Spirit is imparted to everyone today who calls upon the name of the Lord. Isn't that cool? I mean, if, can you get your sort of head around the concept that God, who is holy, who has created everything that you see, the stars and everything above and below upon the earth, he has decided to come and take up residence in us. That's pretty amazing. When you stop to think about the magnitude of those concepts, that concept of who God is and where he is now. Well, this morning is then a very simple um, sort of introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He gives to men and women. And the way I want to get at this this morning, in the most simplistic way I could think of, would simply do a Q&A. That is, I ask a question and then I attempt to answer it. <laughs> and I got eight of those uh, cues and uh, some answers for you. So um, let's begin with the first question, and that is this, what is a spiritual gift? That's pretty rudimentary. That's pretty... Um, introductory level. Uh, what is a spiritual gift? Well, a spiritual gift is really a supernatural ability that each of us, uh, by virtue of the Spirit, um, has been given at the point when we were saved and then filled with His presence. When He comes to live His life in us, He brings with Him the gifts that He then imparts in us and through us. So, what are the gifts of the Spirit? They're supernatural abilities that God imparts to us, not to be confused with natural abilities. If you're a good uh, sports person, you like sports and you're good at it, not to be confused with our natural abilities, but they're supernatural abilities that heretofore you have not had until He has come and then releases that supernatural ability in your life. Uh, so, how many spiritual gifts are there? 
is the second question. And uh, there is really no complete listing of the gifts of the Spirit found in the Bible. Uh, what we do have um, is there are a number of passages that speak to the gifts of the Spirit, the different varieties of gifts, but what we can conclude by there not being one passage that lists them all is that uh, it's not an exclusive list. Uh, and we'll, sh we'll show, I will show, I believe, that not only does God give these uh, supernatural abilities, but there's really some flexibility in how we understand uh, them. So supernatural abilities, um, they're, they're listed in a number of different uh, places in the Scripture. In fact, there are really over 21 or actually more gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Um, and even this list, however, is not exhaustive, as I said. For example, uh, you could take the gift of songwriting. You say, well, that's not a gift of the Spirit. Well, hold on, maybe it is. We don't know. It doesn't say specifically, but the gift of songwriting could be associated with the gift of exhortation, which is listed, and also the gift of evangelism, in that worship, song, and songwriting draws people into the presence of Jesus. People have been converted just by uh, coming into anointed worship at times. I remember back in the 90s when my wife and I began to travel out to the West Coast and we were in some uh, seminars and some teachings by, the, by a pastor by the name of John Wimber. Uh, maybe if some of you know that name, uh, he was, came out of Calvary Chapel and then began the Vineyard Movement. We would go out there and sit under the worship and would just cry. We just sob. We didn't know why. It was just, there was something about uh, the anointing upon that worship. Was that a spiritual gift? Well, I'm not sure. But did it impact us for good for Jesus? <laughs> Very definitely. Uh, what about the gift of cooking? <laughs> you say, well, well, that's just a natural ability. Well, maybe not. Um, it could be associated with serving. It could be associated with ministering and with the gift of hospitality. There's very clearly a spiritual gift. So what I'm saying is even though there are some listings of the gifts of the Spirit, and we can identify over 21 of them in the Scriptures, there's really some flexibility to think, well, maybe there's a whole lot more spiritual gifts, giftings that the Spirit works and releases in us and through us for His glory. What about the gift of counseling? I don't remember seeing that anywhere in the Scripture. Uh, you know, and yet the gift of being able to listen and to speak wisely, word of wisdom, to give knowledge where it's important, word of knowledge, may be associated uh, or is associated with a gifting of the Spirit. So perhaps counseling. Well, be that as it may, spiritual gifts are a supernatural ability that God gives by the Spirit. Uh, there are at least 21 of them and probably more in the Scriptures. Uh, but where um, are the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in the Bible? So here we're going to kind of drill down a little bit deeper and read uh, at least three of those passages where the gifts of the Spirit are actually mentioned. Are you ready? Okay, take your Bible and turn with me, if you will, to um, Romans chapter 12. 
We have been in Acts chapter 2, and now we turn to the right, that is toward the end of the New Testament, to Acts chapter 12, and let's begin reading at about, I think it is verse 6. Romans 12, 6 says this, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. There's a lot we could say about that. If God gives gifts, his expectation is that you would use them. If your gift is prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or if it's ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, use that gift in your teaching. He who exhorts or edifies or builds up, uh, do so uh, with all the exhortation that he provides. Verse 8, he who gives, use that gift with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So we have listed there in uh, Romans 12, if I do the addition right, it looks like there are about seven gifts that are listed there. Uh, So those gifts um, are simply ways in which God enables uh, the release of a supernatural ability in the life of, of one of his children for the purpose of building up and edifying another person. Uh, Continue to turn toward the back of the scriptures and come now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll begin reading. Well, I'll start at verse 1, and then I'll skip down to verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of ignorance about spiritual gifts. (laughs) What are they? How many do I have? What is it if I have one? Or if I have more, what are they? Um, And then it talks about nobody can um, say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Nobody can say Jesus is accursed by the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now, there are diversities of gifts. The word gifts there, if you circle that in your Bible or highlight it on your phone or whatever you're using, there are diversities of gifts. Gifts. The word gift there is is grace. Uh, In the Greek, it's charis. It's not just grace, charis, but it's plural, charismata. Maybe you've heard that. And some have used the terminology charismatic to suggest that those people are gifted people, the ones who have the gracelets, the graces of God, the charismata in their midst, and they're utilizing them. Well, I got news for you. Everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus is charismatic. Charis being the gift of God's grace released in your life And subsequently, what he brings by virtue of now living in you, he can uh, radiate through you or release through you, and that makes you a charis, grace person, and he gives his spirit to us and his gifts through us. So technically, we're all charismatic. 
Now, there's a whole bunch of flakiness, if I might say, within that movement. And I've been a part of that movement, so I know that which I talk about. <laughs> and not everything that glitters is gold, which is to say there is often um, a mixture of spirit and flesh in the release of many of the gifts. But I think there's a way in which you can get around that, and that's by testing those things, which is what the Scripture calls us to do. We test the Spirit. We test the Word when it is given. We test the actions uh, that are spoken. So, uh, back to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, charismata, but they're given by the same Spirit. Verse 5, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord who gives them. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all of them in each of us. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit. To another is given the gift of faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the ability to interpret those tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So what we see in this passage is that there are diversities of these gifts, charismata, that are given by the Spirit, uh, there are different kinds of ministries, and the Greek word there is diakonos. It's the same word you get deacons, and later on in the book of Acts, we'll see the appointment of the first deacons to serve. Um, and then there are diversities of activities by the same Spirit, and the word activities there is, is the word we would get energy from. It, the Greek word is energema. So there's there's um, giftings of the Spirit, uh, there's service by the Spirit, there's energy uh, given by the Spirit, and then there's manifestations in verse 7, the manifestation. So if you look at that word, manifestation, it's this little word that's kind of, um, I don't know, an old English sort of derivative we take from it, and that's phonerosis. Phonerosis is a... Um, we get this old English word kind of fa phantom, kind of like phantom of the opera. But this is a, a, a supernatural appearing. Um, in some of the old Shakespearean plays, a phantom would show up, you know. Well, phonerosis is the showing up of um, a characteristic of God that he wants to do, by which he wants to do something uh, in us and more than often through us in the lives of other people. That's a manifestation. It's something heretofore is not, 
seen, and it is now manifest, manifested. There is a manifestation. Uh, so in 1 Corinthians 12, then, we see word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, uh, different kinds of tongues and their interpretation. And if I do my calculation right there, we're up to nine. So we have seven from Romans 12. We have nine from 1 Corinthians 12. You keeping count here, somebody? <laughs> and now we're going to go to, um, if you continue toward the back of your Bible, come to the little book of Ephesians and look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, and it says, To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, who is to each one? Who is to each one? Who, who are to each one? <laughs> we are to each one. We're the ones he's talking about. To each one is given grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, when he ascended on high, he, Jesus, led captivity captive. In other words, he led a whole group of captives into captivity. And the scripture goes on to say, and he, give, and he gave gifts unto men. That is not sexist language. That means he gave gifts to men and to women and to children and to all who call upon him and desire his life and flow in them and through them. Uh, now this, he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Last week, Pastor Michael spoke about the coronation of King Jesus. He descended into the lower parts and led those who were held captive into captivity and was raised from the dead, ascended back to the Father, coronated as king, and presented all of those to the Father for whom he gave his life, gave uh, his blood, poured out that blood in order to um, forgive all of our sin and draw us into his family. King Jesus is the one who did that. And when he ascended, it says, far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. At that juncture, Ephesians 4, 11 says, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. He did this for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These are referred to by many as his ascension gifts. Some see these as the office gifts, the office of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, etc. Um, I see them, I see them that way actually, but I also see them as five additional giftings that the Holy Spirit gives us, seven from Romans 12, nine from 1 Corinthians 12, five from Ephesians 4, coming to a grand total of 21. There we are. Now, are there other passages which speak to gifts? I believe there are. 
In fact, in the Old Testament, we have all these cats who were uh, given special abilities uh, to build things with their hands, uh, to paint with paint, to overlay with uh, gold leaf in the building of the temple. Uh, are those spiritual gifts? Well, probably not in the New, Te New Testament sense of the word, uh, but certainly they are giftings by God to bring about his purposes upon the earth. So for this morning, uh, we have not an exhaustive list, but a listing of 21 gifts. Now, it might be good to ask the question, fourthly, who gives the spiritual gifts? Well, it depends on where you read. Since the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gives each believer one or more gifts in order to serve him and build up the body of Christ, to edify them. In 1 Corinthians 12, we read that God has given these gifts. In Ephesians 4, we see very clearly that it was Jesus, when he ascended on high, uh, he poured out these gifts of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. So Christ was the giver of the gifts. The fact of the matter is, God gives the gifts, who is the God who reveals himself as Father and Son and Holy Spirit, they together give the gifts of the Spirit to those who follow Christ. In fact, this whole notion of the pouring out of the Spirit was not just the Holy Spirit deciding to come or Jesus, coronated King, pouring out the Spirit, but the Father and the Son poured out and sent forth what we saw in Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Spirit, and all of that which he produced uh, when that experience occurred. So God gives the gifts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but number five, what is the purpose then of these spiritual gifts? I told you this was elementary. This is beginning, but I sense that some of you here you have known there are spiritual gifts, but you may not uh, have known or you may not know what is your spiritual gift or how to discover it or how to use it. Uh, so what is the purpose then of these spiritual gifts? Since the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out or given to the church, he gave one or more gifts to men and women in order for them to serve God and to build up the body of Christ. This is accomplished uh, by our using our gifts to serve one another in love and thereby um, bearing much fruit. You see, gifts are further used for equipping all of God's people for their works of ministry. So God calls people into ministry like, well, like Pastor Michael, and if that is an office gift, and it seems to be from Ephesians chapter 4, uh, God expects to use him to equip somebody. And who he is to equip is, everybody say, us. You see, to equip the saints who were the saints. Us. So I don't feel very saintly. Get over it. That's who you are. Say, I don't feel very holy. In yourself, you're not, nor will you ever be. But Jesus living in you has made the whole temple holy by virtue of his 
his presence living in you. That's why Colossians and other places can say that you are holy and just. You, you now are holy. I don't feel holy. Deal with how you feel. Because the reality is, you are. So, having put that to rest, um, what then is the purpose of spiritual gifts? And that is to serve God and to build up and equip the body of Christ. Some of you may know what your spiritual gifts are, but you're sitting on them. I mean, you know, it's like sitting on your hands. You may know what your gift is, but you're not employing that gift for the sake of edifying, which is kind of a theological word that just means to build up your brothers and sisters. If you look to your left, see, that's your left, and then to the right, you'll see people who are, in some cases, dying to be encouraged or built up. I, I like the concept of, of just holding up a mirror. You know, first of all, to yourself, you know, the, the, the word is like a mirror into which we look and see ourselves, but it's also a way to hold up a mirror to other people and to allow them to catch a glimpse of who God sees them as. And then to simply speak an, uh, a naturally supernatural word to encourage them. And I sort of did that this morning to um, Bob back there as I was asked to pray uh, with him and for our group this morning. Um, God just sees him as faithful, and he's been faithful throughout the years. He's probably all embarrassed about that that I even mention it, mention it right now. But it was just a way to hold up the mirror and say, Bob, God sees you as faithful. He's seen you as, as being faithful in the little things over the years. And people may not ever have seen your faithfulness, but God sees it, and he's pleased with it. So what is that? A word of encouragement. What is that? Well, probably a little word of prophecy. You know, I kind of played down the, the, the words that describe what we do. I'm interested in a naturally supernatural church. People that understand Holy Spirit is supernatural. He is above your natural. And yet he comes to live his life in you, and he wants to do it in a, in a fairly natural way. So you don't have to say, Hurabashanda, thus saith the Lord, you're the faithful man. Well, that's a way to say it, but to me it really smacks of religious jargon. It's like, oh, just say, Bob, God sees you as faithful. He loves you just the way you are. Man, he's, he's pleased with you. Okay, um, so how many gifts then uh, do I have, you might ask? This is question number six. Each Christian has at least one spiritual gift. You got at least one because he, the Spirit, has come to live his life in you. Can you imagine Jesus coming to live his life in you and not affecting impacting your life at all? You have at least one spiritual gift. Perhaps more are given to us in order to fill specific callings uh, in our lives. So let me self-betray, and this is no gloating kind of way. I have nothing to gloat in except Jesus. Uh, but my spiritual gift mix, I like to call it a gift mix because I have more than one that I've identified over the years of 40 years in 
full-time ministry. Uh, so my gifts uh, go something like this. The first one is um, exhortation. That just means to build up or encourage. Uh, teaching, and I'm sort of doing that now. Um, leading, leading God's people. Number four, pastoring, uh, serving, and giving. I don't have a lot to give. Uh, you know, you can either give your, your time, your treasure, or your talents. I tend to give talent and, and time more than treasure because I have more of that than the former or the latter, whatever it is. <laughs> um, I also have functioned in prophecy, in word of knowledge, word of wisdom, healing, and in tongues. Uh, but those are my spiritual gifts, my spiritual gift mix, um, and they're actually prone to change at times, too, depending on the ministry and time in which uh, you live. So, does anyone have all of the gifts? Well, it sounded like I had them all. No, I just had a hand, handful of them. Um, does anyone have all of the gifts? 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31 says, are all apostles? And the implication is, no, not everybody is an apostle. Are all prophets, question mark? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles, healings, or tongues? But earnestly desire the best gifts. So I don't believe everybody has all of the gifts. Now, here comes my qualifier. I mentioned this guy named John Wimber. In the 1990s, this pastor by the name of John Wimber came on the scene in, out in the West Coast. Um, I met him on a number of occasions. In fact, he was one of my um, professors at Fuller Theological Seminary where I did some doctoral ministry uh, coursework. Um, his take on the person of the Holy Spirit and his gifts went something like this. And I, 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 I'm sort of biased in this direction. I lean, you know, that way. Um, his take on the person and work of the Spirit and his gifts is when you get the person of the Holy Spirit, you get all that resides within his person. When you get the gift of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit, you get all that resides within his person. In other words, all of the gifts can now be released through you as he sees fit. If someone needs wisdom, you can release that word of wisdom. We're not talking about manufacturing it. We're saying you just speak it, and often God uses that in that other person's life as wisdom. Um, healing is the same way. God can release a gift of healing to another person um, as they need that in their body. Now, um, I have a, a friend, well, you know him, Dwayne, who was leading up here with a little mandolin. I love that. Anybody else like that little mandolin? He's like, whoo, come on. He works for the Postal Service. Now I ask him permission to share this. He works with the Postal Service, and among many of his responsibilities is that he uh, presently has a postal route. And what he does or what he's responsible for on the postal route is delivering letters and occasionally packages. Now, the question is, does he own the letters that he's delivering or the packages that he's delivering? No, he's just the postman. So are you. And that's what John Wimber was saying. 
that when Holy Spirit comes and resides in your life, he brings with him everything that's resident in his personhood. And so that if you are attentive and if you are conscious of his presence, um, Lord, let us be more aware of your presence. We sang that this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. If you're more attuned and conscious of his presence, his presence, you'll become more aware of those ministry needs around you and all that Jesus has now can be made available to that other person and their specific need. So if, um, if Daryl here has a, a need for something in his life and he makes that known or we sort of pick that up and ask a question and it leads to the subject, yeah, I, ha I have a need for whatever, healing, let's say. Um, am I a healer? No, I'm a postman. But Jesus has a package. He has a gift and it's called healing, working of miracles. Guess what? Let's just see if Jesus will release it into your life, even through the likes of me. So we pray. In faith, we believe, God, that you want to heal. So we speak that word of faith, that word of healing. We encourage, and we then entrust Jesus to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and even if. It's not about me. I just deliver the letter. I just break the package. So that was John Wimber's uh, take on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, so let's, we're sort of moving toward the end of our time here. L let's do what Pastor Mattis uh, calls pivoting. <laughs> let's pivot and make some uh, personal application. He'd come up and say that word for you. He can say it better than I can, but he's just squeak it out this morning. It says pivot. Um, <laughs> let's... <laughs> I couldn't goof on anybody else like that but my son. Okay, but let's pivot and let's make some uh, personal application then to our lives and we'll have our ministry team uh, come back up and uh, lead us in worship just a little bit. Um, so here's uh, question number eight, the last and final one as we pivot. How do we activate the gifts of the Spirit in our lives? I mean, if you're there, there, you know, I think he's living in his life in me. How can I activate uh, releasing more of him to touch more of those around my life? Bringing glory to God, producing fruit that will last, etc. Well, let me give you a couple of ideas and then we'll simply pray for each other. You know, this, this doesn't have to be weird. That's what everybody like, oh, Holy Spirit. Yeah. No. You just ask him. That's what I loved about John Wimber. He'd stand in front of people and he'd just ask them to come forward. He'd say, Holy Spirit, uh, come. Now, he knew Holy Spirit was there. He knew Holy Spirit was living in the lives of people, but he was asking him to come in the sense of phonerosis, manifest yourself in our midst and he wouldn't scream he wouldn't do anything he'd just stand there and watch a minute and all of a sudden he'd see the holy spirit on somebody over here now how did he see that oh, i'm not totally sure i got some ideas 
there's fluttering of eyes. And, you know, when Holy Spirit touches flesh, uh, it, it sometimes is like um, a low pressure and a high pressure coming together. It creates some lightning, some manifestation. So we'd see these little manifestations. He'd just say, well, come Holy Spirit. And he'd start ministering what he saw. And people were just touched radically. So here's what I would say. First of all, 1 Timothy 4.14 says this. Do not neglect the gift of God that is in you. Now, how do you neglect something? Just by doing nothing. Some of you have probably been neglecting the gift or the gifts that God has given to you by virtue of doing nothing. Secondly, in, first, in a Second Timothy 1.6, it says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. So how do you stir up something? Well, you get stirring. You get doing something. You, you begin to move. What should I do? I don't know. But stir it up. Stir up your, your spirit man, your spirit woman, so that you're more conscious of him and less conscious of you. And you know, self-conscious just destroys everything spiritually. It's not about you. It's about him. So don't neglect and then stir up the gift of God that is in you. Another scripture says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And I would add, um, ask God, because James uh, tells us we often have not, because we do nothing. We don't ask. So if you want something, ask for it. You know, the scripture even about the gift of the Spirit, if if a son desires uh, an, an egg, God isn't going to give him a, a serpent. You, you know, um, if you want something from God, then ask him. Shake off the timidity. Uh, shake off the neglect and ask God specifically for what you want. Now, even as I'm speaking now, Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you, I believe. And he's saying, you know what, I, I, I've been neglecting. I've been, um, and I would really like. Is it okay to tell God what you'd really like? He gives you the desires of your heart. What's the gift that you would like? Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but do so in humility, asking in faith, um, and God will release the gift in you um, as he desires to give to you. I would first say, ask God for what you want but then be open to what he wants to give. What? Ask God for what you want, the gift that you want, the gift mix that you want, but then say, God, I want you to do in me and through me and give to me all that you want me to have. So why don't we just pray and ask God what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And I think there's... There's a number of, well, probably categories of people here this morning. And I fit into a lot of them, by the way. And the first one is that uh, you're really not sure about this Holy Spirit person. 
does he reside in you? You probably know that he does in your head, uh, but are you, and the operative word here is certain that he resides in you. We're going to ask God to confirm his presence in you this morning. So if, if that's you, just be aware of that. And secondly, I think there's a group of people here who are not sure about the specific gifts that they have or the gift mix that God has given uh, to you. Uh, you might, well, you might think you got this or that, but you're just not sure and you need for God to confirm that your gifts are. Could you be wrong? Sure. Does it matter? No. What matters is that you're moving, stirring up, and taking some walks, some steps in faith. You know, the just, those who are just before God, it says in Romans, shall live by faith. Now, how do you spell faith? Starts with an R, and then I-S-K, risk. There's risk involved in faith. Uh, so if you're here this morning and you don't know what your gift or gift mix is, we're going to ask God to, um, to show you. And uh, you, you might be here and you're pretty sure what your gifts are, but you need to confirm or see if he has other ones or more that he wants to give to you. And then finally, ask him to release all that he wants to release uh, in your life. Now, I'd be remiss in, not, in saying or not saying that if you're here and have never given your life to Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. I, I wish I could say something differently than that, but it's real easy to remedy that problem. And that is you simply, you're hearing the word, and as you're able, enabled by him to respond to it, you simply go, I need Jesus. And guess what? Jesus comes, and he forgives all of your sin, everything you've done in the past. He forgives all of your sin, everything you shall do in the future. You say, is that possible? He did it. And everything in the present God forgives our sin, past, present, and future. That's what we call the finished work of the cross. You don't add anything to it. He did it all. You just now rest in it and walk in it. So if you're here and have never given your life to Jesus, the remedy is simply to come to him. What do you need to do? Open your heart. Do I need to come forward and do something weird? No. Open your heart. You can do it where you're sitting. You can stand up and say, I need Jesus. But when you say, Jesus, would you come into my life, would you forgive me of all of my sin based upon your cross and based upon the power of the resurrection, would you make me now new? And guess what? Phonerosis. <laughs> Manifestation of the life of God is now taking place in your heart, and Jesus called it a new birth. Supernatural by the Spirit. So, okay, if you're here and have never given your life to Jesus, why don't you just stand up where you are? I'm going to ask our worship team to come ahead and come up here for a minute because we're just going to linger for a moment. Um, if you're not sure that the Holy Spirit resides in you, well, you, kinda, you know it, but you need some confirmation, and I'm going to ask you to stand up where you are too. You notice I didn't ask you to come down. That's really, that's hardcore for some people. That's just real difficult. Uh, but simply stand up. Now, uh, 
if you're pretty sure that you have gifts, but you're not real sure what those gifts are, or you want to confirm uh, those gifts or see if God has more that he wants to give to you, then I'm going to ask you to stand up. And then uh, finally, we're going to ask him to release in us all that he wants to release in us and through us. And that's where I'm standing. So you can stand up now where you are, should you choose to be uh, included in one of those uh, places. Now I've asked um, Cameron if she would come and do something which may seem a little weird. And I say that up front. I've asked Cameron if she would get her little flags and just sort of dance down here on the carpet. Meaning, she just waved the flag. Now, why would I do that? Uh, well, it's something different, number one, but not for different sake. It's actually, uh, it's sort of a, um, we normally have where there are flags, we have them in the back of the auditorium because for some it's just too weird. It can feel weird. Um, and secondly, you can conk somebody on the head. <laughs> I've been there and have done that also. <laughs> Uh, but it can be an incredible symbol and art form of allowing and asking Holy Spirit. You even get the fluttering I mean, Holy Spirit to come and move in our midst. Now, why don't you come out here, Cameron, as you feel so led and just across the front and the back as we sing together. I've asked our worship team to sort of um, reprise a song that we sang earlier and where we just welcome Holy Spirit into our midst. So as they're getting ready to start, Lord, I simply ask Holy Spirit that you would come. They don't have to do anything, just Holy Spirit, would you come? You can just say that under your breath. Holy Spirit, would you come and manifest yourself in our midst? Now let's worship a minute, and then as we finish worshiping, I want to pray for us, and then we'll be released. Come Holy Spirit.
so Lord we simply say would you come and would you continue to come and would you begin and continue to release within us now all that is ours by birthright would you release within us God those gifts that you long for your church to carry as a postman carries that satchel of letters so that we might deliver them to those around us, those whom we meet, our neighbors, etc. Lord, those who need to know this morning that you, the Holy One, the Spirit of Jesus lives within their heart. God, would you confirm it right now in the name of Jesus. In their heart of hearts, God, would you show them that you live in them and long to be released through them. The word says that my sheep, Jesus said, hear my voice. And Lord, I'm asking that you would begin to speak to your people specifically about specific gifts that you're giving to them. Could they hear wrong? Well, sure. But God, I believe that you want to speak and that you want us to receive all that you have for us. Lord, would you confirm those who know the gifts that they have and would you allow them to stir them up so that they might be used to serve you and to serve your people. Lord, we are a church that has been called to be salt and light in this city. Lord, that is absolutely impossible in our own strength. So would you, God, begin to release your giftings in us, even today, for the accomplishment of your purposes? God, would you give empowerment? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that is in Wilmington. In Judea, Lord, that is New Hanover County. In Samaria, in this state, even to the uttermost parts of the earth, God, would you confirm that in us today? in the name of Jesus. And God, would you now release all that you want in us? Just put your hands out, <laughs> if that's appropriate with you, and just say, here I am, God. I am a hollow reed through which I'm allowing you to release your spirit and your gifts into the lives of those around me. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that you do all things well. And we're grateful, God. We're grateful. And everybody said together, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Saltbox Church. If this content was helpful to you, 
please like it, rate it, review it, and share it on social media, as that is helpful to us. We believe when a person grows in their own Jesus journey, everyone around them benefits and gets better.